Welcome to Press the Issue, a podcast for Master WP, your source for industry insights for WordPress professionals. Get show notes, transcripts, and more information about the show at masterwp.com slash press the issue. Press the Issue by Master WP is sponsored by LearnDash. Your expertise makes you money doing what you do. Now let it make you money teaching what you do. To create a course with LearnDash, visit learndash.com. Our mission at Master WP is to bring new voices into WordPress and tech every day. The new Master WP workshop series does just that. Our new live and recorded workshops on everything from code to design to business turn WordPress fans into WordPress experts. Find the workshop for you at workshops.masterwp.com. Use the code PODCAST10 for a 10% discount. WordPress co-founder Matt Mullenweg's annual State of the Word speech was held last week, December 15th, in New York City. And I, Ali Nimmons, was in attendance. So in this episode, myself and Rob Howard recap the highlights of Matt's speech. Things that we are excited about, things that confuse or worry us. And together, we try to answer the question, what is the biggest challenge that WordPress is currently facing? Hey, Ali, how you doing? Hey, Rob. I'm good. Feeling a little under the weather from traveling, but other than that, feeling pretty good. You just got back from a great trip to New York to see State of the Word. Yeah, I did. I did. Excellent. It was fantastic. Well, we should probably talk about our takeaways and thoughts and ideas for the future, uh, you know, using that as a sort of jumping off point. So you were there in person. How was the experience? Was it, I mean, I, I know you went to WordCamp US this year and we're kind of getting back into the world of doing real life WordPress stuff. So I would love to hear, you know, before we start digging into like the details of what was covered, you know, like how was that experience of, of being there in person and attending kind of something that's become like a pretty big annual event in the, in the WordPress world? Yeah, it was really interesting. I mean, last, I went last year in person as well. That was the first time I'd ever attended. And um, I remember last year feeling just very in awe of the space. It's a beautiful space. And this year I was running a little bit late because New York transit. And so I just kind of like slipped in and grabbed a seat and just tried to start paying attention. And so I didn't have that moment of like, wow, this, this space is really beautiful. And overall, the vibe was different. It was... um it wasn't as communal. It wasn't as warm as I remember it being last year. Also last year, there were, I think, a lot more community-centric people. I remember last year, there were a lot of people that I knew, that I recognized, either from other events or from Twitter. And this year, it seemed like there were fewer WordPress people invited in the first place. Um, I know that there were some people there from, you know, the team at Tumblr and, you know, very new people to the space. And so it it felt a, a little bit more like a networking business thing where you don't really know anybody and you have to introduce yourself as opposed to last year where it felt very much like everybody already knew each other. And it was a little bit of like a, a meeting of the minds sort of a thing. Kind of more like a word camp. It, like that's what I would expect from a word camp. And a little, um, it yeah. sounds like it wasn't quite the same vibe. And one thing that jumped out at me, having I listened to the audio and the YouTube right uh, version of it, the stream, there was a point at which Matt Mullenweg said, like, 
raise your hand if you worked on Gutenberg. I feel like everybody here is a coder for Gutenberg or, or something to that extent, right? And that struck me as interesting because I think that kind of parallels to what you were saying where, you know, maybe it was more coder heavy or more developer heavy, or there was just a different um, cross-section of participants this year versus in the past. Yeah. I'd be really curious to see a guest list or attendee list and compare against previous years. I'm not sure if that's even available, but yeah, it seemed like a slightly different crowd of people. Everyone was really nice. It was still beautiful. The food was great. The drinks were great, but it was just, yeah, it was a little bit, a little bit different, but I, overall, I really enjoyed myself and had a really good time and was felt very privileged to be able to go. Excellent. Let's dive into some of the positive takeaways first. Um, so tell me, what did you think were kind of the biggest and most exciting things that either you learned or were discussed in deep at the state of the word event? There were so many things, honestly. I was taking some notes on my phone and trying to be a good, you know, good little journalist. And um, I feel like I forgot some things because I was really enraptured and, and paying attention and listening to people. But the things that definitely stood out to me were looking ahead at the future and the features that are going to be coming along, like the sandbox, which I've been thinking about for forever. And I've heard lots of other people using similar features of being able to spin up a WordPress environment in your um, in your browser. And to know that we're going to have a quote unquote real one is really, really exciting. It just lowers that barrier for entry for so many people who are learning WordPress for the first time. Like all the courses I make now, I'm not really going to have to say, well, you have to buy hosting a domain first. I can say you can go here and just start playing right away, which is super powerful for getting new users in. The sort of, I don't remember if there was a word for it, but the Google Doc style collaboration that's coming for Gutenberg is also really exciting. And I think that's one of those things where, yeah, it's kind of a cool flashy feature, but it's so impactful for, I feel like the non-devs who are often overlooked in this community, the content marketers, the writers, the creatives who can now completely collaborate with each other in a much more seamless way. In addition to the things, you know, like collecting content from clients, like that's going to make that so much easier. It just widens the scope of what WordPress is able to do in a way that's super native and doesn't require you to have to add more things as you're getting started. And I mean, a lot of the highlight for me was just seeing, which is, I, I think is mostly what this event is for, is seeing how and where the community is growing, seeing those numbers. If people listening have not gone ahead and watched the recording, I would recommend going and watching it on YouTube if only just for there was like a gif of that Matt showed of the entire US, of the entire world map and how meetups and events have grown from the beginning of the community until now and how virtual events came in and then they left. And it was this amazing explosion to be able to watch of all of these areas lighting up with all of these community events and being able to see that in a very visual way was really satisfying. I wrote down that we had 12,000 Learn WP learners this year, which I think Learn WP is one of our unfortunately best kept secrets as a community. It's such an amazing library of knowledge and information. And there are so many people that are working so hard on it. And it's not really spoken about or promoted as much as it could or should be, considering that we are trying to ramp up our, not to say production, but 
the number of contributors was affected by the pandemic. And while people did come back, we still struggle with keeping people integrated in the WordPress community and bringing new people in. And I think the Learn courses are so effective at bringing people into us that it's a shame that it's not double that number at this point, given the number of people that do use WordPress. There's no reason why every single person who doesn't download WordPress for the first time, there's no reason why they shouldn't be taking at least one of those courses or watching at least one of those videos because they're so important. So I was really proud to see that the number was as big as it was. I wish it was bigger because I think that it's deserved. But yeah, I mean, those were the things that mostly stood out to me. There's definitely other positives. It's not to say those those were the only good things spoken about, but those were the things that I was like, I like wrote down because I was so excited about. Um, yeah. I, I also wrote down the sandbox thing. Um, so that is the ability to basically run a WordPress instance without hosting or a web server. And that seems like the kind of thing where, you know, just as five years ago, we didn't really have an easy way to build staging sites and copy from staging to production and stuff like that. And, you know, new companies and technology have come in and built that. And that's actually made everyone's life easier, especially on the agency side. The sandbox thing seems like it is poised to do something very similar. And you also mentioned that um, it just makes it easier for people to play with WordPress. And I think one of the things that we've talked about in the past is that most uh, new developers are learning JavaScript. They're not learning PHP. They're not even really fully aware of the delineation between like server-side PHP and client-side JavaScript in some cases. So taking that, like set up a web host or set up a local MAMP server out of the equation, actually I think will allow people to mess around with WordPress and learn it in a in a really simple interactive way when they are experimenting with JavaScript frameworks like React and, and other stuff like that at the same time. So I think it'll be cool in the sense that right now, I think, you know, we've talked on other podcast episodes about how WordPress seems almost a little bit unfashionable because it is old and tried and true compared to some of the JavaScript frameworks that seem shiny and new. We like it for that reason, but it is a challenge to recruit new developers to something that is not the shiny new object or the fancy new thing. So uh, I think the sandbox will significantly help with that, especially once it matures a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, there were so many really interesting things, but there are also a lot of things that I was really confused about, <laughs> either confused <laughs> about or got a weird vibe from or felt concerned about. And I think that that's I think that that's normal. I mean, we talk about that on the podcast a lot in terms of like, we care so much about this community that if something, you know, pricks up our ears, we want to talk about it, right? So in addition to the vibe being off, there were some like, there were some things that Matt said that I was sort of like, okay, well, I want to I want to think about that a little bit more. I'm, I'm curious what that actually means. And I, I am very cognizant, especially being in spaces like State of the Word, like that giant, beautiful room full of expensive art and furniture and fancy food and beautiful views of like, how in touch are we with the average WordPress user, the grand majority of people who use WordPress? And how cognizant are we of this, this word cult that gets thrown at the WordPress community a lot, right? Like I know that WordPress is not a cult, but we have some culty qualities. And um at the very beginning, Matt mentioned that a lot of what he was about to say was very inside baseball, lots of terminology. And I thought immediately about 
you know, the new community members watching the recording and thinking like, okay, well, I already feel isolated by that, right? Like, is this for me? Who is this for? Am I going to understand what's being talked about? And I think that in the long run, most of it was accessible to people in terms of understanding what was going on and what was being spoken about. It just makes me wonder, like, State of the Word is so great for giving the people who are playing inside baseball a view into what's going on. And I wonder about, you know, what's the state of the, what would a state of the word look like for the average user? What does Matt have to say to the average user that's not inside baseball, if anything at all? We talked a little bit about things like, I mean, we talked about Gutenberg a ton, obviously. And he mentioned that the new block theme, he literally said the new block theme may be the last theme for WordPress. And then we just moved on. And I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> like, <laughs> I noticed that too. What about all of these theme developers? What about all of these people who have built their livelihoods on, on making and maintaining themes? What about people who are maybe right now in the throes of learning how to make themes because of that interest and that, that you know, economic structure that exists right now? What about that? Like that kind of sh shook me a little bit. And that it was thrown out there as a super positive thing, right? Like, no more themes. Isn't that great? And I was like, um, I think it's great to have some really, really strong default themes, right? That people can come in with and new use and not have to pay for. I don't love the idea of just saying, well, our goal is to make other themes completely obsolete and useless. I think that's antithetical to a lot of the openness and community-centric attitude of this community. And I would love to argue with people about that because <laughs> I feel very freaked out about it. And then we just yeah. moved on. So I was sort of also like, all right, well, maybe it's not, am I overreacting to that? But what do you like, what do you think? Yeah. And I think that um, without jumping ahead of myself too much, because I have more I want to touch on kind of in our later questions about this, but I think what you're getting at is that WordPress as an organization, right? Whether we're talking about wordpress.org or whatever sort of strange combination of for-profit and non-profit things uh, we, just, we describe as WordPress, right? There's a significant gap in communications, right? And some of that is, am I communicating with the developers who are contributing core code or core Gutenberg code? Or am I communicating with the millions of people who use the site as essentially lay people every day, right? Or who use the service or, or software as, as lay people, right? And I think the first thing you touched on was, I didn't realize like it was weirdly um, inside baseball, which even the term inside baseball is kind of a metaphor that not everybody would even get. <laughs> right. Um, you know, ironic. we use that in like engineering and journalism, but I don't think like, you know, that's necessarily a super obvious meaning if I were to say that to somebody who wasn't in one of those spaces. Right. So the idea that like, hey, we're going to talk about like some really nitty gritty insider stuff. We're also sort of going to like preview some different themes and tools and like nice little videos, right? I, I agree with you that it felt like it was unclear who the ultimate audience was. And perhaps that is because WordPress as an organization is struggling with speaking to what are becoming more and more disparate audience groups, right? So there are high code developers. There are people who use Elementor and Divi, which Matt, I believe, talked about in one of the questions in the Q&A section where you know, there was this question of like, well, what really is a theme? And, you know, I think one of his um, sort of vague responses to your 
the concern you just expressed about, well, didn't, did you, I, I noticed you said that there were going to be no themes anymore. What does that really mean? I think that one of the responses was along the lines of like, well, Divi's called a theme, but maybe it shouldn't be a theme. It should be an app and we should call it something different, right? So there's all these like little weird, you know, somewhat evasive things that are, are happening there. But I think what they come down to is that the number and type of stakeholders and participants in what we describe as the WordPress community is changing. It's bigger, but it's also made up of different people and different stakeholders and groups and types of people than it was 10 years ago. And I think we are watching in real time the organization struggle with communicating with a more uh, diverse group. And I don't mean that in the you know sense of like diversity, equity, and inclusion, but more like the diversity of different you know knowledge sets, different use cases. Like there's just a obvious lack of you know communication and preparation for being able to speak to those different audience groups or different stakeholders and it, it kind of reminds me of like you know there are some websites where it's like hey you come to this homepage and like they clearly know they have three different audience groups like hey I'm a buyer I'm a seller I am a real estate agent like whatever right so there are some companies and organizations that have clearly defined multiple different paths to using their services and you know those are based on different needs different positions in the sort of buying and selling cycle, stuff like that. Um, WordPress clearly is trying to have one big event that speaks to everybody and not doing a great job with that. Um, and it kind of, as you were talking about this, I was thinking of like, well, you know, if we think about the state of the union that the president gives, like that is very specifically intended to be a mass audience, very high level overview of what we're going to do in the next year. So imagine if the president got up there and was like, Hey, we're going to be a little bit inside baseball. We're going to talk about um, <laughs> the exact um, rules around the child tax credit and the IRS audits. And it's like, we would all like tune Turn out and be blind. Like, there'd be like yeah. 10 people who were really excited about that. And everybody <laughs> else would be like, why am I watching this? You know? So I think, you know, even at that very basic level, like, is this supposed to be a speech to uh, like a broad audience or a, a, you know, very narrow developer audience? Like, I think even that, you know, it sounds like was unclear. And that being said, like, this is supposed to be a positive event. It's almost supposed to be like a little bit of like a victory lap, you know, propaganda mm -hmm. event. Like, I'm not <laughs> expecting them to be like, well, here's all the problems we have. Right. Um, but I think, um, you know, what you are identifying is that it was clear that it was like almost haphazardly speaking to multiple audiences and not really doing a great job of speaking to any specific audience as a result of that. So I think that was a communication challenge that overlays a lot of the other stuff that you know I have on my list of like challenges for the for the next year and things that jumped out at me as um you know areas that I would want the community to work harder on next year. Totally. All of that makes so much sense and it's it's also indicative of like I keep saying that WordPress is a teenager right now. If we're if if WordPress were a person, they would be like 15, 16, 17 years old and they would be angsty and they would be frustrated and they would be feeling like well, I'm not a child anymore, but I'm not really an adult yet. And nothing feels right. Nothing's working. And like, yep. you know, what do I do? And they would be rushing toward, well, I just want to be an adult. I just want to be a grown up. And um, we've all felt that way, I think, as teenagers. And it, it, we all go back and wish, well, you should have been a kid for a little while longer, right? Like, I think that in a lot of ways, we're kind of rushing to grow up and we're rushing to grow when we should spend more time being a kid. You know, I think about... Um, one of the other notes I had was the term Gutenberg will be bigger than WordPress itself, which which Matt said. And he was talking about how Guten, Gutenberg is being used 
all over the place on Tumblr, on, on, um, there was a Laravel engine awesome thing that I didn't fully understand, but looked really cool. He talked about it in the day one app and, you know, all of these other places where Gutenberg is existing and being useful and creating. And that also kind of made me think, okay, well, Gutenberg still has a lot of issues. We've established on this very podcast that Gutenberg is inaccessible literally to millions of people, cannot be used by them. And the idea that Gutenberg will become bigger than WordPress itself is like, okay, well, what does that what does that mean in Matt's head? Does that mean that he's going toward a future where WordPress is just cannibalized by this block editor and and Gutenberg is all there is? Like if if Gutenberg is going to become bigger than WordPress, where does that leave WordPress? And what is the real, I mean, I know what the delineation is between software. Like I know what Gutenberg is and I know what WordPress is when it comes to the software. When it comes to everything else, our ecosystem, our communities, our events, all of these things, if we are diminishing WordPress for the sake of Gutenberg, where does that leave everything else? Yeah, and I, I, think, um, I think that the true answer is that no one really knows uh, what the future will hold or where the real delineations will be, but that there is a um, subset of WordPress developers or WordPress designers. And I think it's likely in my mind that uh, Matt Mullenweg himself is probably in this group where it's just more fun to do innovative stuff, right? And you know, people see Gutenberg as, here's the innovative thing I can work on. It has this extreme growth potential where it could be part of Tumblr, it could be part of day one, it could be part of, you know, all these third parties that they need a better editor, right? At least in the mind of people who are who are building Gutenberg. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the premise that we needed a better editor has some basic flaws to it, you know, uh, but that being said, it was, you know, people decided that this was a cool project they wanted to work on. Now they want to see it grow, right? So I definitely can identify with just like the desire for excitement, innovation, and speed of adoption, right? So WordPress being a more mature product, it's just less exciting in that sense, because there's just, there's, you know, the speed at which we get a higher market share or higher adoption is just inherently going to be slower because so many people are already using WordPress, right? Whereas Gutenberg is interesting and exciting. And I think, you know, one thing I I did have on my positives list is that the Gutenberg slash block editor experience in WordPress is legitimately better today than it was last year and much better than it was two or three years ago. Um, So I do have to give them that and say, you know, like this has improved to the point where we're using it for clients in still a somewhat limited way. But like a couple of years ago, I was telling clients do not turn on Gutenberg under any circumstances. <laughs> now I'm like, there are some circumstances where this is valuable, right? And we're using it for some of our own sites and, you know, not for everything, but for a lot, right? So it really has improved. Um, you know, if you set aside the issue of the screen reader and accessibility experience, like it is a much nicer experience for somebody who is, you know, able to use a typical web browser than it was a couple of years ago. So it's it has improved and they've they've done some work on accessibility and there's still a lot of work left to do. And it's also possible that the technology is just not ready to be like they're trying to do things that are so complex that it may be difficult for them to ever get it to be fully accessible in the near future, which creates a significant ethical question around like, well, how should we treat software that is sort of intentionally flashy, right? And thus inherently doesn't work on 
a screen reader or, or something like that, right? So I think that there's a there's a lot of big questions there that that need to be answered. But to give credit where it's due, Gutenberg is better than it was before, and that I think that's you know a, a success. I also noticed that being said that apparently we've completed phase two of Gutenberg, which was supposed to be full site editing. It seems like kind of a punt because full site editing doesn't really work yet for anything beyond like a personal blog and has never really been treated as like a, a done deal. But to me, it seems like there is a degree to which we are almost just saying like, okay, we got to be done with phase two now, right? <laughs> because I really want to do multilingual and I really want to do this other stuff, right? So that being said, like, you know, if Matt's going to be the leader of that project, like ultimately he can decide what he wants to focus on. And there's also a large market of people who are actually building sites for clients and small businesses that are going to speak with their feet and say, well, we can't use this yet because X, Y, and Z, you know, and Gutenberg's as a Gutenberg as a project, which is semi-independent from WordPress can hear that feedback or not and improve it or not, you know? So, you know, I, I think, um, you know, that kind of plays into some of the the stuff that I that that jumped out to me the most about the Gutenberg side of things is like I agree with you it is completely unclear what it means that Gutenberg is any bigger than WordPress that seems like just nonsensical buzzwords yeah. to me and uh, you know maybe there's some more detailed <laughs> plan for that but it sounds like just something that sounds cool and I've never seen any actual data to back that up nor do I think that like acquiring Tumblr and putting the Gutenberg software on it is actually significant benefit to the WordPress community of developers yeah. or designers. Like it just seems like we're gaming the numbers a little bit by doing I, that. Yeah. That being said, like in a world where there is a nice, clean, easy to use way to build content that everybody uses, like that's really cool. And I think um, the idea that multiple CMSs would use the same thing is cool. Now, if you think back five years ago or 10 years ago, like that is what the tiny MCE, what you see is what you get editor was. Like it was a drop-in piece of JavaScript that allowed you to like basically put Microsoft Word onto a text area, right? So Gutenberg seems to have a goal of being the next generation of that, which is cool to the degree to which that actually advances the project of having a content management system that's easy to use and democratizes publishing, I think is unclear to me. And, you know, the other thing that Matt brought up that is, again, like super inside baseball that, uh, Leo uh, Losevis wrote an article on MasterWP for us about this. Actually, he wrote a series of articles that were extremely technical intentionally uh, because it's an extremely technical concept was this question of like, there are people out there who are building what they call a block protocol. And the idea is that like, basically you can copy and paste blocks of content to like millions of different like tools and websites and they'll all kind of like correctly interpret it and paste it in and out. Kind of like how you could paste something out of Microsoft Word into Google Docs and they interpret it correctly, more or less, right? And actually, Matt said that that wasn't working out and the block protocol wasn't <laughs> something that they were going to integrate with. So it's like this idea of like portability and universality like does not seem like something we're even close to accomplishing. And, uh, you know, that being said, it may not be the thing that I would focus on as a software developer, but certainly one of the values and, and good things about open source is that people can go do whatever they want and then it'll get adopted if other people think it's good, right? So I think that's kind of where we're at with that. But you know, to me, it's just obvious that Gutenberg is more exciting of a project. And I think Tumblr is also more exciting of a project than WordPress right now. The flip side of that is that I think one of the negatives that's we've we've seen over the last year is that um, without attention and a focused leadership, 
there have been some places where WordPress has kind of gone off the rails as a community in the last year or two. So, you know, there is to some degree opportunity cost to going out and focusing on that other project. Um, if you're not going to then seriously pass the reins to somebody else to focus on the, the WordPress project. Totally. Well, we are coming up a little bit on time. So I really want to talk about, I did pluck up some courage and stand up and ask, I asked Matt a question during the Q&A portion, which I didn't think I was going to do. People asked me the night before, like, what are you going to ask Matt? I mean, my husband texted me and said, uh, when tomorrow do you go heckle Matt? And I was like, you know, way too much about all of this. Um, <laughs> And I didn't think I was going to ask a question, but as as he was talking, I a question started forming in my mind. And it was my fault for basically asking two questions in one, which I feel like a lot of people do. My two questions in one were, what do you think is the biggest challenge that WordPress as a project is currently facing? And how can we as a community begin to or continue to address that challenge? And what was great is he did the same exact thing that he did when I asked him a question last year which is he shifted all of his weight to one foot and threw his head back and stared at the ceiling for like a little bit too long. <laughs> and it was great. <laughs> um, totally stumped him a little bit. And the, the basis of his response was throwing it all back to the make teams and said that the make teams are this lattice work of uh, people who are doing great things and they need to be communicating with each other. And when they communicate effectively, then challenges, problems get solved. And he, he talked really beautifully about this pencil analogy that I didn't really think was super relevant, but it was really pretty. And um, I think if I was braver, I would have said, you know, that doesn't really answer my question, but I decided to say thank you and sat down. So I think one of the biggest challenges to this community is how decentralized everything is. We don't have great systems for standardization of practice or thought. And when I say thought, I'm not trying to get into a big brother. Everyone needs to think exactly the same sort of thing. But it's a lot of what we we're just talking about, right? Of like, there's so much lack of clarity around ideas and what things actually mean and what the intentions are of our leadership and, and the projects. And if we're feeding code and energy into a project, what is the end goal? And that's super unclear all the time. And that comes down to, you know, our issues with, I think, everything, our accessibility issues, our diversity issues. The fact that we are racing through these phases, like you just talked about, without maybe moving properly from one phase to the next and having that first phase be finished. And I think a lot of that comes from our desire to pass the book on to somebody else and say, well, we're an open source community. We're made up of all of these teams. And so it's kind of someone else's problem. Somebody else will fix it. Somebody else will figure it out. It'll get solved. And it's a really frustrating thing to see and to speak to people who have said, I no longer participate in this community because I didn't feel listened to or because I didn't feel heard or because I feel like things are spinning in circles. That allows us and it makes it okay for us to bleed resources, time, energy, people, ideas. And I think that I don't particularly have a solution to that. I think it's kind of our catch-22 of like, we exist to be open and our openness creates a very unstable foundation in a lot of ways for us to be able to do things. 
and make decisions about how things should be done as we grow into this adult. And I mean, yeah, that's a, it's a it's a nebulous answer, I think, but when I really think about it, it all comes down to the fact that everything is so spread out. And I mean, we recently had this this amazing new thing arise, this new collective project where people are going to start collecting funds to sponsor people to go to events. And it's something that's needed to happen for a really long time. And even just this weekend, I spoke to multiple people who are like, well, I want to do that same thing, but for a very specific purpose. And that's what I'm going to do. And it's like, okay, well, now we're diluting the, the effort, right? Like by decentralizing things on purpose and having many people do the similar things all over the place without actually everyone all agreeing, the whole thing gets diluted and then nobody succeeds. So I think, yeah, that's that's one of our issues. And it's a weirdly American issue. Um, if we want to go into that, it, it always brings to mind this like rugged individualism of like everybody has to take care of themselves and do things on their own. And like, I don't know, I could talk about that for hours, but I really want to yeah. know what your answer to that would have yes. been. Good question. So uh, first of all, I appreciate you asking an actual useful and challenging question at the event. And um, I think the biggest challenge to WordPress as a community slash organization is that the person standing on stage wasn't able to answer the question of what the biggest challenge is. Like, I don't see a scenario where you would ask that question to like a CEO of a major tech company and they'd be like, yeah, I don't know. It's probably like that people are like disorganized or not communicating well it's like no like you should probably have something in your head like that's kind of like the most basic interview question like what's your biggest weakness right yeah so you know obviously this was intended to be a very positive event but you know it's pretty common that people would ask challenging questions when they're allowed to stand up and do that and i'll say um, i tried to yeah. phrase my question in the most positive way possible and i think like, you did like it wasn't it wasn't negative but it was also like you know you should have an answer to that right yeah. Um, so, you know, I think Matt did touch on uh, something similar to what you were saying, which is like, basically there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Like it's unclear sometimes what the priorities should be. Uh, it's hard to communicate asynchronously. It's hard to communicate in an open source world. But I think one of the biggest challenges is that we're almost like saying two things that conflict with each other at the same time. So there's one person who's clearly in charge, who approves everything and gives the state of the word address. But he's also saying that the biggest challenge is that there's too many people in charge. So both of those things can't be true at the same time, right? And I, I, I'm kind of putting words in his mouth there a little bit, uh, perhaps unfairly. But the basic idea that we have like lots of committees, right? But ultimately, those committees all go through a single person and nothing gets added to WordPress without Matt's ultimate approval, right? So there is a leader, but that leader also doesn't really want to be seen as a leader, but he does want to be the person giving like the speech and and doing final approval on everything. So I think Matt really, you know, in some ways could rewrite the organizational structure to solve the problem that he quoted to you, right? Um, and it wouldn't be that big of a deal, but it's just a very difficult process to go through psychologically and emotionally. And it's a lot of work, right? Um, and it's also not a fun thing to do. Like it is a, it's a laborious thing to restructure a big organization full of people who have different opinions and are different, you know, types of stakeholders and stuff like that. So I think that um, desire to be the small, rugged, individualist, open source dudes that, you know, we were in 2008, right? 
now conflicts with the fact that WordPress is actually a big organization, which has a lot of big companies very closely involved in its development and its path forward, right? Um, and now we're in a place where like, there's just a lot of conflicting stakeholders, like there's businesses, you know, we didn't even talk about the whole idea of like, the commercial tag on plugins versus <laughs> the open, like, we the, should like do the a free whole tag, episode. right? That, that's a whole episode when it comes yeah. out for sure. But you know, what's happening now is that we have, you know, uh, Matt as a leader has done a great job of getting WordPress to the place that it is at now. Yes. Um, you know, there has been a very clear vision of like, everything should be ideally open source. And if it's not open source, there needs to be a really good reason that it shouldn't be. You know, I think that I have in, in many ways been influenced by and have always agreed with his philosophy on all of that. Right. And WordPress is sort of becoming a victim of its own success because now it is struggling as an organization to remain in this sort of like decentralized, but kind of centralized structure. Right. And I think really the growth uh, metaphor, the teenager metaphor plays into this too, right? Where it's like, okay, like now we're at an inflection point where, you know, there's a lot of who who want to pursue a lot of different things. They all sort of play into this central goal of, you know, open source democratizing publishing, but there's also not a very clear path forward. And there's not a really good plan for like handling dissent or people who are you know, maybe want to prioritize something different. Right. And I think we're way past the point where it's like, well, if you don't like it, make a fork is like a reasonable response. Right. Yeah. And, and really that was like, that was an acceptable response in 2008 because, you know, we're a scrappy, you know, team of developers and designers who are building cool stuff. And it's like, if you don't want to be involved, don't be involved. Right. But, you know, now that we have lots of multi-billion dollar companies, uh, including the one that Matt Mullenweg owns involved, as well as many others who are sort of cooperative, sort of competitive, like, and then lots of smaller companies and smaller individuals and organizations, like there's a lot going on here. And it's very difficult to, um, you know, as we touched on, like handle the communication and PR uh, of all this while also building good stuff. So to me, you know, I think if I could craft a future for WordPress as an organization, I would really focus on building out teams who can actually manage and execute these various different things without without rather than trying to have it just be a couple people who are always putting out fires, right? Which I think is kind of where they're at organizationally right now. Like really empower somebody to run Gutenberg, really empower somebody to run events, really empower somebody to run even some of the technical stuff like PHP 8. Like it was super bizarre to me that like nobody on stage was able to like accurately comment on why WordPress is like not really fully supportive of PHP 8 when PHP 7.4 is at end of life. And like, you know, they kind of had to BS that response a little yeah. bit. So I want to do an episode on that yeah. whole thing as well. It just seems to me like um, the organization and the community have grown to a place where the management structure is no longer serving its purpose. And, you know, I think you see this in initiatives that are pursued vigorously for like a month and then forgotten without ever really reaching a conclusion. You know, I could think of four or five examples of that over the last year in initiatives that are pursued by others, but then sort of seemingly accidentally torpedoed by Matt. Like when he, you know, has made, said mean things to people in comments or mean things to people on Twitter. And it's like, it, obviously that's not a bad, that's not a good situation, but like, it's okay to like say the wrong thing sometimes. But when you have a pattern of meltdowns 
uh, <laughs> where somebody is supposed to be running something and then you suddenly take it over or you suddenly start bad mouthing it or, um, that person gets pulled away and the, the job never gets done. Like when that happens over and over again, as I think, you know, as one of the patterns we've seen this year, uh, in the community, I think that's an indication that like everybody needs to have a thing that they focus on and that, that, that they own. There can still be a CEO or executive director who things ultimately funnel through, but like it's too big to be run in the way it's being run right now. And um, entrusting more people and empowering more people is something that is really hard, right? Like, especially when you really want everything to be perfect, it's really hard to delegate. Uh, you and I both are working <laughs> on that in our own lives and businesses, right? Yeah. But, you know, we're at a point now where I think it is essential that we empower more people to run more of these sort of little uh, you know, businesses within the work, bigger WordPress community or little communities within the WordPress community. And I think right now there's not that many people who feel they could actually go do it themselves and not be at risk of like a sudden backlash. Right. So I think working on the culture in the sense of like, we should be like, you know, have we, like Matt should have five lieutenants who really do do stuff and execute stuff like without a lot of supervision or veto um, points, you know, that would allow one person to really do a great job with Gutenberg, one person to do a great job with the various different pieces of the puzzle. The plugin directory could be one. Yeah. The um, events could be another, right? Recruiting and diversity could be a third, right? Yeah. So there, there's all sorts of stuff like that. But I think, you know, bottom line is that um, the teenager that WordPress is has clearly grown out of some of its um, systems that worked in the past. And I think that's a big challenge. But I think, you know, that's how things get to the next level and how we avoid this pattern of like, well, it's not really good. Like uh, this pattern of forcing people out who, who don't really click with the current structure. Right. So, um, yeah. And again, as you said, like, it's not a thing where you can click a button and solve that problem. Right. That is a problem that every large organization faces. And I think, you know, it's an interesting challenge for the next year or two to see if we can, help the the WordPress community figure that out, right? And, um, you know, if we can get that level of permission and, and delegation from the people who are, you know, sort of in charge to, uh, you know, actually allow that to happen. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Thank you so much, Rob, for chatting with me about this event. I'm still processing a lot of it. And yes. um, I'm really excited to this week read and listen to everyone's responses and takes and yeah, hoping that if you are listening, um, you'll tweet at us or email us your reactions to stuff we've said as well. And let's keep the conversation going. Thanks, Ali. Always a pleasure. Talk to you soon. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. Press the Issue is a production of Master WP, produced by Ali Nimmons, hosted, edited, and musically supervised by Monet Davenport, and mixed and mastered by Tehran Bullock. Please visit masterwp.com slash press the issue to find more episodes. Subscribe to our newsletter for more WordPress news at masterwp.com.